only show in town for Cork Business, Red Business. Minister for Enterprise, Trade and Employment, Simon Coveney. You're very welcome to Red Business. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. I'm delighted to be on with you. You've just back from the States. We have seen headline after headline of concern, job cuts, reductions, uh, people saying it's not as rosy as we thought it was going to be. And that's caused a lot of anxiety because of so many jobs, particularly here in the south of the country, based with big multinationals. Are you more reassured now, having come back and spoken to company leaders, that it isn't as bad as we might have feared? Well, look, first of all, I, I was very anxious to go and speak to the decision makers uh, in these companies because uh, what's often uh, difficult is that the, the Irish arm of a, of a big tech multinational may not be fully uh, in the loop in terms of uh, the decisions that are being made on a global level. Um, so, so I thought it was important for me to go to the west coast of the US where most of these companies are headquartered. Uh, you know, really big names, Apple, Meta, Stripe, eBay, Genesis, VMware, Salesforce, Airbnb. You know, it was a long list. Uh, I met 14 big companies, uh, big tech companies that all have a big presence in Ireland. Their combined workforce in Ireland is about 26,000 people. So, you know, I think it was a good, um, it was a good uh, flavor of, of how the tech industry sees, sees Ireland. Um, and where it's likely to go in the next year. Now, look, we know that a lot of the big names, not all of them, but a lot of them have made decisions to reduce their their headcount internationally. Um, and of course, that's raised a whole lot of red flags here in Ireland. And some of those decisions have a direct impact on uh, on jobs in Ireland, um, which of course we need to, to watch closely and we need to support anybody. Uh, who loses their job in the tech sector and help them find another job quickly. And by the way, I don't think they'll have any difficulty doing that because the skill sets in this sector are highly sought after. If you're a software engineer in Ireland and you're losing your job because of a global decision to reduce headcount, uh, I, I think you'll find another job very quickly and we'll help you do that. Um, but I think the, you know, the, the more reassuring message that we got was, first of all, the tech sector loves Ireland. You know, they... they um, you know, there is a reason why the top 10 technology companies in the US all have a major presence in Ireland and the vast majority of those 10 have their European headquarters in Ireland. Um, here in Cork, there's a reason why Apple has six and a half thousand people here uh, and are planning for another 1300 and are building a new campus to do that or a new extension of the campus to do that. Uh, and of course, the other big names um, that are here as well. So, the message I got from, from those that have made announcements uh, in terms of reducing headcount was, look, we can see now that we just grew too quickly over the last two years. So if you take, if you take Google, for example, you know, they took on an extra 30,000 people worldwide last year. They're now making a decision to cut 12,000, uh, which is about a third of their, of their growth from last year. Um, uh, and so the, the message certainly was not one of a tech crisis, but of a tech correction, that actually the, the pace of growth, it was described to me by, by one of the, the CFOs as there was a stampede for talent in the tech sector. Uh, companies were almost taking on people to prevent their competitors from getting them. Um, people were taking on uh, uh, staff anticipating growth rather than in response to it. Uh, and that the and that pace was simply not sustainable. So so they the the market has changed now. You know, mm. if you're if you're an investor or if you're a bank that's funding a technology company, you're now asking much 
more focused questions on profit rather than growth. Uh, and that's, that's, that's very different yeah. to where we were even 12 months ago. But at the same time, has it shown a bit of a vulnerability? One of the things I remember from my career, which is getting long now at this stage, is remember when Dell shut down in Limerick and the impact that it had. That was a shutdown. It's not like what we're talking about now. But when we have heavily invested in one particular sector, as we have with technology and the companies that you've just listed, a global correction is felt particularly acutely here. Uh, no, actually, because um, the, the adjustment in Ireland, so far anyway, uh, in terms of the companies uh, uh, that have a presence in Ireland that have made global cutbacks, the cutbacks in Ireland have been less in percentage terms than the global average. You know, so you're, we're seeing a number of companies that have cut back, say, 5% of their workforce. In Ireland, it's 3%. You know, that's, that was the case with Microsoft, for example. Um, and it's similar numbers for other, for other companies. So what that says to me is that um, international tech companies value Ireland. Um, uh, they clearly have skills here that they're finding it difficult to get in other parts of the world. Uh, and the, the reduction in numbers in percentage terms in Ireland is less than in other parts of the world. Now, you know, there, there are still some decisions to, to come through the system. Uh, for some companies in terms of the impact here. So we'll have to wait and see. So there will be potentially more losses before we see this correction. Oh, well, 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 no, I mean, like, I think we've heard the vast majority of the companies that have made decisions to globally reduce their workforce. We've heard nearly all of that at this stage. But what we haven't got for some of those companies is the impact here in Ireland. What we've got is a, a general statement that we're going to reduce our, our overall headcount by 5%, 7%, 10%, whatever it is. Um, and we have yet to see the impact in Ireland. But, but so far, where we have got the detail for Ireland, the percentages in Ireland are less than the, than the global mm. percentage uh, reduction. I'm sure um, the words of reassurance are, are, are good uh, for the wider sector, but the cold comfort perhaps of those who are, in fact, losing their jobs. So it, is there something that the state is in a position to do there? Or do you think, going back to the point you made earlier, that this talented group of young people, for the most part, will be taken on elsewhere? Yeah, I mean, I, I think, well, first of all, there's, there's two things I'd say here. First of all, of course, the state and the state's infrastructure and the state agencies will be there to support people. That's what we're there for. Um, secondly, I think in the vast majority of cases, if not all cases, uh, as regards tech companies, uh, the companies themselves will be offering um, generous packages that go way beyond what they're required to do from a statutory point of view. Uh, and that's the way it should be. You know, these are, these are valued, uh, valued workers. And then thirdly, you know, we're already getting inquiries in the department from other companies saying, you know, could you link us in with, um, you know, Salesforce or Microsoft or eBay or whoever um, if, they're, if they're reducing numbers in Ireland. So, so, you know, I think you'll find, you know, Ireland is, is almost at full employment at the moment. You know, unemployment in Ireland is at less than four and a half percent. Um, and people working in the tech sector in general are highly sought after. And I think there's a very, the, the strong likelihood is that they'll trans transition into another job quite quickly and also have the redundancy payments to support them doing that financially. Uh, and look, as I say, we'll monitor that as we go. We'll stay close to the companies, but that's, that's the expectation. Did you, you went over to, to sound out these C-suite executives and, and you, you, got, you got good reassurance by the sound of it. Did anything come the other way? One of the things that we've been consistently hearing from executives based here is that we have a huge problem with housing that's 
putting somewhere uh, for these uh, employees, these workers to live has become a bit of a challenge. Did, did that raise its head? Did you raise it with them? I mean, that seems to be a big issue yeah. for your government. Yes. Well, well, look, I mean, there were a number of issues that, that were discussed. I mean, obviously, I was trying to understand where they were coming from uh, because, you know, the the environment for the tech industry in terms of growth has changed somewhat. So we're going to see probably less risk um, being taken by many of these tech companies. Um, and I think they're kind of steadying the ship in terms of uh, getting back to profitability and looking at their cost base. So that's what we're seeing so that they can plan for growth again, you know, which I, which I think um, certainly before the end of the year, hopefully we'll start to see again. Um, but they were also wanting to understand for me, what's Ireland doing to make sure that we keep Ireland as a competitive and attractive destination for their businesses? Um, and um, housing wasn't mentioned in all meetings, but it was mentioned in some. Um, and look, you know, it's no secret that housing is the biggest priority for government in terms of domestic policy. Last year, we managed to build just under 30,000 housing units in Ireland. That figure needs to be 40 uh, or between 40 and 50. And we need to get there as quickly as we can. It needs to be social housing, it needs to be affordable housing, it needs to be rental, cost rental, mm. all the different... But could, could um, the growth that those employers want to bring here, could it be stifled by a failure to get to that 40, 50,000 housing units? Because this year, 23, it seems unlikely we're going to get to the same level we had last year. Well, I mean, all I'd say to you is last year we had a lot of housing pressures in Ireland. Um, uh, and we saw an extra net 25,000 jobs in the multinational sector in Ireland. It was actually 32,000 jobs that were created, uh, but there were, um, uh, there were a small number of jobs that, uh, uh, that were lost as well. But the, but the net increase in the multinational sector in Ireland was 24,000. So, you know, and housing pressures were uh, almost at their height last year. So, so, so I mean, housing is, a, is, of course, a big, big issue not just for multinationals, but for everybody. You know, we've got to make sure that people in their 20s and 30s can, can get into a home of their own, whether they're renting or whether they're buying. Um, and the government's very focused on that. But yeah, this is, this is one of the issues. Talent is another issue, um, you know, and access to talent. Last year, um, uh, tech companies said to us that they were finding fantastic talent in Ireland, but they were also bringing some talent from other parts of the world into Ireland. We granted 40,000 work permits to come into Ireland last year. Um, uh, and I think we'll, we'll have similar demand again this year. Um, so, um, so, yeah, housing is an issue um, uh, and we need to get on top of it, not just for the sake of, you know, the growth of multinationals here, mm. but m- more importantly, uh, uh, for the sake of, of broader Irish society. To steer you out of your brief temporarily into wider government issues, just to stay with housing. This is becoming the millstone that is around your government's neck. I know you're in a position now where, you know, you're looking to bring in employment and jobs and you've talked very well about that. Ultimately, Fianna Gael are going to be judged on the last 12 years in government nearly at this stage uh, based on the number of houses of the people who cannot afford to live here and the young people who say they've no choice, even in an environment and an economic situation like we're in now, full employment, that they have to leave because they can't find somewhere to live. That could cost you and your party dearly in two and a half years' time. Well, look, I mean, you know, I'm not motivated to build houses because of votes. <laughs> I'm sorry, now, people might sort of throw their eyes to the sky when they hear a politician saying that. Look, I mean, you know, I've been a housing minister. You know, I've been into many of the homeless shelters in Ireland. I've spoken to the families that have lost homes. Um, I can tell you I am extremely motivated to, to deliver more houses of all tenure 
to, I believe in home ownership. I believe that young Irish people uh, entering the workforce want to own their own home or at least aspire to owning their own home. Um, many will have to you know, rent for a period of time before they can do that. And we have to make sure that that's affordable too. Um, the current housing pressures in Ireland are not acceptable. Um, but you've been I, in government I, I, for yeah, that long period, well, so who's well, going to well, be blamed? Well, sorry, sorry. I mean, you know, we shouldn't forget why we came into government and how we came into 12 government. Twelve years later, though. Yeah, no, well, hang on a second. You know, a decade later, uh, we're building 30,000 houses a year. You know, when we came in, the country was building 5,000. Right? When, I was, when I became housing minister, whatever it was, six or seven years ago, all of the local authorities combined in the country um, built 74 social houses. I remember giving uh, a stick now, over that at the time. Yeah, we're, now, we're now building well over 7,000 um, social houses per year. So, you know, we are moving in the right direction, not fast enough, but we are moving in the right direction. We set a target uh, for 2022 of building, I think, between 23 and 24,000 houses. Actually, there was over 29,000 houses built. So, you know, there are there are some things being delivered in, uh, in the housing market at the moment. What we didn't anticipate, of course, was uh, the growth of Ireland's population at the pace that it's currently growing. Now, we planned on the basis of Ireland's population increasing by somewhere between 40,000 and 50,000 a year. It's actually probably increasing at three times that at the moment. Um, and that's putting huge pressures on the system. And I don't want to be making excuses, right? My job is to get results mm -hmm. and to solve the housing crisis for people. And the government is putting billions of taxpayers' money uh, into doing that. Uh, and, uh, and as I said, you know, and I've knocked on lots of doors where someone in their late 20s or early 30s has said to me, look, Simon, I have huge time for Fine Gael, I have huge time for you, but until I can afford to buy a house, I'm voting for somebody else. Uh, and that's the frustration that people have, and I get that. And we have to respond to it, and we will. Um, your brief does, is not limited to multinationals, and I know a lot of small business owners who will be listening to this. People we speak to on this podcast every week mm. will go, yeah, it's great she's talking about Intel's, it's great she's talking about Apple's. What about me? What about the know. fact that I have 10 people working in my business, that I'm growing my business? I know even you were, in the, you were doing something earlier with Lidl and, and announcing a, a couple of hundred jobs there. It's a big market that's out there. Um, Sometimes the, the smaller business owners feel they're not supported enough. I know in recent years there was a lot of yeah. support through COVID, but it's yeah. part of your brief as well. So what's being done to help well, those businesses? Can I say it is central to my brief? So actually multinationals are not my priority. They're important, really important. And that's why I was, you know, off on the West Coast meeting all of these bigwigs and, you know, they are amazing companies. You know, you walk through Apple's campus in Silicon Valley, it's like walking on a different planet. It's like actually walking into an Apple device when you walk into the <laughs> offices. It's just, I mean, these are incredible companies and the infrastructure they build is incredible. Likewise with Meta and, and many of the others. Uh, and, and Stripe, led by two fantastic Irish entrepreneurs. I mean, what they have achieved um, globally uh, is quite extraordinary and makes you very proud, actually, when you meet Irish management through all of these companies that are actually changing the world with their products. But like that is, that is one part of my job, but make no mistake, the most important part of my job is to help young Irish businesses, family businesses in Ireland, small to medium-sized enterprises, retailers, uh, butchers, hairdressers, uh, um, uh, you know, energy companies in Ireland, software companies in Ireland, gaming companies that are, that are trying to grow often swimming against the tide because of the pressures they feel in terms of increased costs and all that. They're the people 
that are most important for me uh, in terms of trying to understand their challenges and then to respond to them through better policy um, and, and, and financial supports. Uh, that's why, for example, we've now changed the policy in terms of local enterprise offices. Up until a couple of months ago, local enterprise offices could only support companies that employed less than 10 people. They're now going to be able to support companies that, uh, uh, that, that employ less than 50 people. So it's, it's opening up local enterprise offices and their role in terms of grant aid, support, mentoring and so on to a whole new cohort of companies that didn't really have a state agency to support them before. They weren't maybe big enough or in the right category to get Enterprise Ireland supports and they were too big for Leo supports. Um, we're, we're now trying to reach out to that huge cohort uh, to uh, to help them grow mm. and expand their businesses. Well, we, we've, I just want to touch on the fact that we've seen a lot of retailers shut down, a lot of, um, not necessarily publicans, but smaller shops, those that say the cost has become too much. We can't keep the door open anymore. Yeah. You know, there was reading this week alone, Skinny's, which is a, a, a small little chipper down in Ballycotton that everyone knows, said that the, the cost became too much for them to keep their doors open. Yeah. That's just one business that was identified this week. There was many others. We're losing a lot of businesses, Simon. Yeah, and we need, to, we need to help them. Look, I mean, we've been through an extraordinary period. You know, we've been through Brexit, we've been through COVID. We're currently um, being impacted by a war in Ukraine, which is, you know, changing supply chains, changing the cost base of businesses and so on, particularly from an energy point of view, but not just energy. Um, I mean, look, what I would say to you is that there are about 340,000 people today employed in retail across the country. That's slightly less than pre-COVID, but in and around the same number. So, um, you know, I, I, I was with, with a little this morning. They're, they're, um, they're planning to take on an extra 700 people uh, this year. They've agreed to, uh, to increase wages across their shops uh, and outside of their shops, their entire system uh, by, by 7.5% this year. Um, you know, I was with Heineken this morning uh, talking about their relationship with the pub trade because, uh, you know, the point you make is right. We've seen a lot of small pubs close. Um, they would say um, that their that their turnover today is is uh, is equal to pre-COVID uh, um, uh, turnover. So, you, you know, we're trying to rebuild an economy uh, uh, after big setbacks, particularly COVID. And of course, we're trying to support small businesses through that. Um, some businesses won't survive, but my job is to make sure that, that that's kept to an absolute minimum and that we give the necessary supports through good policy, uh, particularly around taxation and so on, and financial supports and good mentoring to allow companies to, to expand and grow. And most importantly, perhaps to adapt to the new realities of, of how consumers behave, you know, in terms of switching to online, um, uh, particularly in the retail space, which is why we've put an awful lot of money into, into online vouchers to help businesses to actually get, out, get up online, uh, which was very successful through mm. COVID. Uh, just before we finish up, and you've been very generous with your time, uh, you've collected a lot of ministries. Uh, if you were collecting stamps, you have a fair few under your belt, including that of Thonishta. Uh, you've settled into your new brief now. You're still a relatively young man, he said, knowing we're roughly the same age. Yeah, yeah. Have you further political ambitions still, Simon Coveney? Well, I mean... All I can say is that I've been incredibly privileged. You know, I've been, you know, I've been a minister now for the last 12 years across multiple briefs from agriculture to marine to defence to foreign affairs to housing to planning. Um, you know, and now I'm in the enterprise brief. Um, I'm as motivated today as I was, you know, at any point 
in my career. If I ever lose that interest and motivation, I think I have a responsibility to step aside and let somebody else take over. Um, or, of course, the electorate might decide to do that for it me. It could be taken out of your hands. <laughs> could that's be taken true. Out of my hands. Most people in politics, uh, they're a bit like boxers. They tend to take on one too many fights. I mean, look, um, all I can say is I'm enjoying what I'm doing. I'm driven and I'm passionate about it. Like, for me, it's a privilege to be where I am in politics because so many people, so many families, so many businesses rely on me doing a good job uh, to help them get through difficult periods. And um, so that's that's what I'm focused on, you know. And, uh, you, you know, as I say, any day you're you're in cabinet making decisions that impact on a country is a, is a day that you should count yourself very fortunate. And, you know, I'll, I, I'll work as hard as I can while I have that privilege mm. and, you know, let's see what the future So holds. you're telling me you're not in election mode yet, but you will be at some stage. Will this government run the course? We've two years left to run pretty much, don't we? Yeah, I think it will. You know, I think it will. I mean, I think it'll, it'll get to certainly, you know, within a couple of months of, of its full term. Um, you know, I think there'll be, there'll be judgments then as to the timing of an election and so on. But, but no, like the, the relationship between the parties and government is good. Uh, the relationship between the party leaders is good. You know, I, I think there's a lot of trust now between Michal Martin, um, Leo Varadkar and, um, and Eamon Ryan. Um, and look, there'll be, there'll be difficult weeks, but I think this government will stick together. Um, and I think by the time we get to the end of our term, I hope that people will judge us in the round as a, as a government that has um, led the country through a very complex and challenging period um, uh, and out the other side. And I hope by the time we get to an election, there'll be, you know, there'll be a lot more optimism as to the, the future of the country. But on big things like housing and healthcare, where the government needs to do better, uh, we're very focused uh, that over the next two years we'll make a big impact. And obviously, in my job is to make sure that we can pay for all of that. <laughs> that because often what happens in Irish politics is there's this competition between parties and politicians as to who can spend more. Uh, to to support people. Well, you know, you can't spend anything unless you're generating wealth and revenue. Uh, and my job is to keep the economy going. I'm effectively the minister for the economy. Enterprise trade and employment is that's what it is in Ireland. Um, and so I need to make sure that businesses are growing, expanding, that people are working so they can pay their taxes so that the government can can deliver in these other big social briefs. And um, and that's what we'll do. OK. Minister for Enterprise, Trade and Employment, Simon Coveney, thanks so much for joining us in Red Business. Thank you. Anytime, Jonathan. Red Business, Cork's exclusive business podcast.